0: Are you ready to do this? Yeah, let's do it.
1: Glenn Power is here. It is the PowerWorks podcast. I'm James Pikeaway, coming to you from the PowerWorks garage. Great to have you along for the ride. Folks from Talk 100.3, hello. Hope you're doing well. WhatsApp is your friend. If you've got questions, queries, comments, fire them through. Anyone's got a question, query, or comment. Potaholics with a K at gmail.com is an easy way to get those questions into the show we're talking cars that's what we do and we got we got lots to talk about glenn i gotta say plenty to talk There's <laughs> Lots going on <laughs> well before we go anywhere in our last podcast you were talking about your skoda experience you were loving it you've yep. now had the skoda for another week are you still in love
0: yeah no complaints yeah i think like i said the uh the power leaves you a little bit wanting sometimes, but I guess if you're buying a car that price range, that size, you kind of ex- you know you, you know yeah. what you're going in for, mm-hmm. and and it, you know it gets to speed and it can hold itself at speed. It's not overly high on the RPM when it's at highway speed, so it stays quite frugal on fuel. But you know sometimes the issues of trying to get past somebody with an automatic gearbox, you know it it, it leaves you wanting a little but otherwise nothing to complain about. Really, really good. Really well, happy with see, it. See,
1: then there there you go. Again, another endorsement for Skoda. And if you're considering buying a Skoda, you're thinking about it, don't think too long. The great value, great vehicles, and like every vehicle, I think the the standard advice we would give you if you're thinking about buying something new, go and rent one. Go and drive it around for a couple of weeks. Just get a feel for it and then you're going to start to discover, okay, well, yeah, this is something I'm not so happy about with this vehicle. This is something I'm really happy about and you can make the decision can you live with that?
0: (laughs) Yeah, there's plenty. I mean, a lot of it's very easy to rent you know, the lower end vehicles but the there are people here that are renting higher end vehicles. You know, you can rent anything up to a supercar. It's that kind of
1: Oh, is that a segue into Supercar
0: Blondie? No. <laughs> Never. It's that kind of it's that kind of it's that kind of experience that you'll, you know, truly understand. Now no one's gonna go and rent a Ferrari if they're thinking about buying one or not, because no. to be quite honest, if you're buying a Ferrari, I don't really think you're buying it about how it drives. Yeah, You're that. buying it because it's you can. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. So yeah. yeah, I think but when you when you looking at something like this, there could be a lot of If you're coming out of something maybe more premium, you know, an older sort of European vehicle that was at one time a premium car top of the line and you're getting rid of it for whatever reason, forced to or not, and then, you know, you're going to rent something that's maybe less premium than what you might have usually had. It's always a good idea to rent one, I think, and and then if you're going to be happy with it then, then you can more comfortably buy it. There's nobody... Nobody nowadays got to the days of the three and four and five day road yeah. tests that the showrooms would do. They haven't got the cars to do that anyway. I miss those days.
1: I, although I do have to say, the folks at Auto Mall at Festival City—they they're building on to their showroom, so it's it's looking pretty magnanimous. Uh, it's it's crazy. It's crazy looking. So, used cars. There's a used car market, but. That's yeah. kind of all there is at the minute yeah. and prices are crazy. <laughs> Speaking of crazy prices, we were, we've were we been talking and you had the ID6 out for a ride. If you're listening back on the podcast, you will obviously know the thoughts on that ID6 and, and within the power household, there is Glenn with his view and your wife with her view and they are different views on that vehicle which is interesting but we've also been talking about the fact that there are a number of Volkswagen EVs in our particular market here in Dubai and there was a circular came out from the UAE government saying gray market Volkswagen EVs no longer being allowed in
0: yeah which mm.
1: that's a huge issue now people who've already got them you're okay although Good luck at getting that serviced at Al Nabuda,
0: who is right, the franchise going, holder. You don't get it serviced there; yeah. they won't touch them. So this is this is becoming this is. I thought this was rather interesting. Yeah, I mean, one of the things with the ID6 in particular, we mentioned that because like I said we had it on a long-term sort of test, but that was, you know, that's China market specific. Right. So, so although might the, not even even if Volkswagen franchise Al Buddha here did decide to sell them if Volkswagen said they're okay for the region for sale they might not necessarily get the ID6 anyway right. so they're not going to touch them but i mean you know it's one of those situations where VW is the manufacturer yeah they've got the reservations on them for the market and you kind of have to be led by that there's a reason they're not selling them you know they'll slowly filter in eventually i, I hear that the ID4 the ID Buzz will come here. Ooh, Some yeah. people say the ID3. The Buzz, it's that's a the wagon, smoke. isn't it? That's the, the van. The van, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. So that's possibly what's happened here. Now yeah. the importer has gone on and said, look, you can't have this. This isn't acceptable. Yeah. You're flooding the market before we've had a chance to sell them. Yeah. So you understand it. But yeah, if you already own one, and there are thousands of people that do, you see them on the road all the time, you're still getting them maintained and repaired. Just not by the dealer, not, and, we, and you never were in the first place anyway. Mm. So you, you'll just continue as you were, and hopefully, the people looking after them know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed. You hope this
1: is this is again, I think a great reminder. Sometimes if something seems too good to be true; it probably is. I live by that. And when we're looking at the car market, remember that the manufacturers do test the vehicles for this environment and when we say oh we're bringing them in from china we're bringing them in from the u.s has the vehicle been tested for the specific environments and yeah i know it gets hot in the u.s and i know there's places where it's hot but this is a different kind of hot with yeah some humidity without humidity with a lot of sand and they test and they modify the vehicles for this climate yeah and there's a lot of value in that yeah i
0: mean the the EV- Temperature is important to any vehicle, like even yeah. internal combustion. We've spoken about that before. You know the the reason we get high carbon deposits in the oil here is because of the the low, relatively low oxygen level per given volume of air because it's so warm, it's so less dense. So you you know that it always plays plays a part, but it's not as critical. And it's you can tune it, so you can tune it on a on an internal combustion engine through the map of the control yeah. unit, but. Electricity, you know, effectively relies on resistance, and the resistance will change with temperature. And we, you know, we hear about the North American and the European markets where there's an up to thirty percent drop in range on extreme cold. Right. Probably find the same in the extreme heat. Yeah. You know, I I noticed that we spoke about the charge on the ID. Six. It took so much longer when I parked it up after a run to plug in than when I, you know. Thought, oh, i better go and plug the car in six, seven hours later and then plug it in while it was cold. Mm. When the battery's hot from having been driven, it it takes forever to charge. Yeah. And we weren't getting the range out of it and we were driving it through the winter. Yeah. So imagine so we when were, it's 50. You know, yeah, so when it's twice the temperature we were dealing with, it's potentially, and, and they, you know, unless they're tested here, you, you won't know. Well, and I always think, you know, I use my phone as a barometer and not
1: the barometer on the phone, <laughs> but I use it as a barometer. And how many times have you been sitting out by a pool? You've got your phone sitting on the sun lounger table yeah. and you look at your phone and it's going heat warning. Yeah. yeah. And it's not the temperature It's the battery. The whole thing is heating up now. Well, now we've got cars sitting out in the sun in a parking lot and it's a battery. Yeah. that is getting very warm and you're going to be using energy to try and divert things and and whatever it can do maybe there's even cooling built in i don't know
0: but it all eats away at the longevity of the batteries one of the things to think about is they do have cooling systems they have coolant pumps they have fans they have everything to cool the motors down which need electricity should, to which run. still run from a 12 volt system which is replenished <laughs> from the main yeah. lithium battery but they do have the systems on there to keep everything cool and you know, you plug your car into charge when you've got an EV, you'll hear the fan kicking and keeping the battery cool as it can and everything else. But if you're starting a traffic jam in the middle of summer yeah. with the AC on, mm-hmm. all the you know, all the loads are on. Cars you can't go near a car without four million lights coming on now. All the lights on the outside, lights <laughs> under the car, lights <laughs> in the roof. Everything <laughs> is illuminated for the sake of it. So there's loads on the battery yeah. all the time. So the 12 volt system is going to be a drain on the main battery. You're sat in the traffic jam. The road underneath the vehicle is 65, 70 degrees C. You know, yeah. we'll we'll do it one day. I take my laser pointer out in June and point it on the tarmac, and it's 65, 70 degrees C. Gee. You know, and you're sat with your car with it being radiated to the bottom of the car where the batteries are. While the batteries are getting hot because they're being used and it's 50 degrees outside yeah and you've got the AC on and you've got the stereo on and you've got everything else going on so temperatures a massive thing and, and VW didn't you know there's there's gray importers importing these vehicles by the hundreds every single month and there's thousands of them on the road here so and is is the importer also doing the service on these vehicles? No. Is, no. no, there's a couple of people that are offering aftermarket warranties okay. for them. And how how worthwhile they are, I don't know. I've got no experience of it. And I again I don't know whether I can speak to the level of qualification for these places to do that or whether they just got in there first. Yeah. I don't know. But if VW thought they were good here, they'd have brought them here. Because, as you can see, they've yeah. would sold. You know, there are the ID6 is like the one that I was driving to buy. The same vehicle It's about 170,000 dirhams. That's, that's decent. There's easily a thousand of those on the road. Right. So it's almost two million. You know, you've got a massive, massive amount of money just gone there, yeah. and the reason is it's not worth it. But VW don't want to sell a car, and have to be fixing it every single week under warranty, you know, not only because of the financial impact that has on them, but also when you take a vehicle in for a warranty repair, doesn't matter what kind of vehicle it is, you take it in, and we'll use VW because we're talking about that. So, here the the agency for that is Alna Buddha. When I was at home, we worked for a company called gilders Comes in, Alna Buddha will. Do all the admin work on it? They'll book the car in. Obviously, mm. they sold it, so they'll book the car in. They'll do this, that. They'll get the car into the workshop. The workshop will spend time on it. The customer will get the car back, no bill. And they, and they look at the service warnings. Well, yeah, they that, get all that. All that gets <laughs> yeah. done. But in, right. in a in a cut and short, yeah, black and white, it's a warranty claim. They'll do the warranty repair. Give the vehicle back to the customer. Done. The customer doesn't pay anything. So you don't. Then the customer's not even thinking. Oh, actually, you just pay for that. Yeah. Uh, Now, Alnabuda have just spent time and resources fixing it. So then, Alnabuda, as we used to, they will then invoice Volkswagen Middle East. Now, when that gets eventually back to Volkswagen, let's say their repair was a warranty repair on a coolant pump. And let's say this coolant pump was made by Continental. Volkswagen will also have a warranty from Continental. Right. So then Volkswagen will pay the franchise, And then they will try and get their money back from Continental. Yeah. And I'm just using that as an example. Now, Continental are going to say to VW, if they get 20,000 warranty claims on this pump, well, hang on. You know, are you sure it's fit for purpose? You've asked us to design a pump for this, but you're using it in the desert. It wasn't designed for that. And then VW all of a sudden have got a problem. They can't get any more pumps because they're saying they're no good so then they can't build the car uh,
1: exactly
0: and the, the people don't you know that that's something that understandably people don't think about yeah. why would you but the realistic that's that's a realistic scenario you know you talk about the whole situation with a warranty claim being oh well I don't have to pay it's fine but somebody down the line is paying and it will get to the point where the supplier of those parts VW do not design and build all the parts on a vehicle no no vehicle no. manufacturer does. So they have companies like Continental, Bosch, Siemens, Hitachi, Denso, Sand, all these people that make components for their vehicle to fit their design. When they fail, there's warranty all the way down the line. Mm. So, you know, you have to understand that by the time you've got a 2,000 dirham water pump replaced in the warranty, the ultimate cost down the line is probably for the initial supplier, 150 dirhams. By the time yeah, you've got yeah. margin shipping, margin shipping, margin yeah. shipping, there's fitting times and all this. But they still don't want to be doing that every single day, five, six, seven times a day, because they're going to say misuse. This is yeah. misuse. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Now sometimes it goes the other way where they'll say we need to redesign this and then there's supersessions on parts. And supersessions on parts happen for various reasons. They happen because factories change. They happen because of improvements technically. They happen because of what's happened is a region like ours would say, you know, that kind of rubber bush for that suspension arm doesn't suit this region. So we need to modify and supersede that. Now can we just supersede that region specific? And in that case, when you have region specific parts, Brings you back to the problem of importing a vehicle. The region-specific part for China might not be the same as here. And if gotcha. there are region-specific parts on those vehicles, when they come here, they're not going to last. But you then can't buy that part here. Right. Because the, 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 oh, the, the VW representative here will not order parts <laughs> for a Chinese vehicle, because why yeah. would they? We're not in China. Yeah, We need to order this, and, and it just doesn't decode on the VIN, and it's all complicated. And to be quite honest... They haven't got the time, certainly wouldn't have the inclination to waste the time and resources to find and arrange the right part for a vehicle, which is you shouldn't have bought it here anyway. Yeah. So, this is why they just say, No, we're not looking at it. Yeah. So, yeah, you, you, you need to understand that the manufacturers held off for a long, long time for a reason. And if they don't get any of the ID models in this generation here, then that wouldn't be surprising.
1: Yeah.
0: See, and, 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 you know, it, it's. It's a real testament, though, to the desirability
1: of Volkswagens because a lot of people are buying them because they want that yeah, car. Yeah, I mean, saying... one of
0: the one of the good thing. I mean, the price point pretty good because yeah. of the import price yeah. is still only one only, money only one seventy. And look, it's German. It's German engineering. Yeah, but again, you've also got the fact that they're now mass available because the the deal was it with B A I C and V W in China where they agreed to yeah. build cars together. So obviously, they've got really, really quickly ahead of the game. And Biac makes the B-I-A-C also makes the Wrangler knockoff. Yeah, yeah, the or B, B-J or whatever it's called. Which, yeah, which I still they, do a G, they do a G-Wagon one as well. I, I think the G-Wagon one's gotten,
1: called the B-J-80 or something. I've not gotten to ride one of these things yet, I, but mm. I see them every now and
0: then, and I just kind of think, Yeah, mm, but I'd still like to take it out for a, a yeah, spin. Yeah. But now, because of that, because of that partnership, yeah. they've got massive, massive, um, what would you call it? uh advantage you know they've yeah. got a, they've got an advantage in production in in the Chinese market and that puts thousands of them out every couple yeah. of weeks and they're available for sale and if you've got somebody in the UAE wanting 100 off you every time you've got 100 then you'll make them oh, yeah and sure. then you'll sell them and <laughs> they'll get sold here but right now the ones that are sat in Ras Al are going to be sat there for a long potentially indefinite period of time so yeah. There could be some good export deals to, had, yeah, to be had, there we would have to export them out of the country. Yeah. I, I mentioned Supercar
1: Blondie only because for whatever reason, her feed came up on my Instagram and she had a picture. And I don't know when this happened, if it's new or if it's old, but obviously she has her own vehicles, a couple of cars parked in the underground parking. I think, I think they're on the Palm and there had to be three feet of water in the underground parking garage on the video that she was showing. And I'm looking at her electric car, one of them, Uh BMW electric. Ouch! With we're talking water up to the bottom of the doors, if not part way up the doors. Ouch! And those are those are low low flung cars. Yeah. And
0: yeah, I I was just going. <sighs> yeah. Well, you've <laughs> got you, <laughs> obviously. Obvious. I mean, you would actually think that an electric vehicle. A pure electric vehicle would be better weatherproof than a you would think yeah. sealed. Yeah. You know, right? Especially, you know, European like BMW. You know, rains and snows in Germany, so you would think so. But you'd still be a little bit trepidatious about getting in it, I think. Yeah. Well it's, it's maybe every, not
1: today. Well, and I'm just thinking all the stuff that then has been sitting you know, sensors are now. Oh, it, this is it, a problem. It's one thing to get it wet from rain and things. It's another thing to have immersion. And if it's immersed you know, you got your brake calipers and stuff and is, is it seawater that's come in? Is it a broken water main? Yeah. All of these things. And I'm just looking going, no insurance company's covering any of that. That's That's the other thing. You're not billing your insurance company because they're just going to go act of God. This, you know it's a natural disaster, nothing we can do this is you know, this does it, unless you've got some ridiculous insurance
0: premium yeah, if you've got you know what they call it acts of God or natural yeah. disasters cover then 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 great but, but still, imagine the premium for that you know, some of the, some of these cars though like that they you know how do you repair them and a lot of a yeah. lot of her cars you know she's modified the one offs and you, yeah. know, you just can't so. repair them. So I, I, it'll be interesting to get the follow-up and see what's going on with that. Well, you just never get rid of no matter what you do, unless you're willing to take all the wiring harness out and <sighs> physically one by one dry it, make sure there's nothing between the insulation and the core. You'll never, ever get rid of all that moisture. There'll always be corrosion from now on. So for Alexander Hershey, this means new cars. <laughs> <laughs> That's a shame. <laughs> She'll she'll struggle.
1: <laughs> yeah, you sent over uh, you sent over a, an image on WhatsApp of someone who'd taken their car in for an inspection. Oh no. God. <laughs> did them day, didn't they? <laughs> and, and I'm just going. I my my pulse started to race because I drive old cars. Well, old you know, as in 2008 year models. And so every year when I go in for an inspection, I I, I email you back and it got through another one. I see this and I'm going gloves are off there i mean this that was ridiculous yeah yeah failed
0: on the bonnet struts not holding the bonnet open <laughs> thank thankfully mine has one of those metal yeah. legs yeah which you know what right <laughs> the fire service don't like these bonnet struts the gas filled struts because in yeah. the event of a fire they'll explode and oh, they I become did, I didn't projectiles so the fire service oh, don't man. like them anyway yeah i don't actually know why they're there yeah. It makes it. It makes. I can't see how they're cheaper than putting an actual manual rod in. I just don't see how they're cheaper. Yeah. But then again, it means that with the manual one, you've still got you. have yeah. got to remove one of your hands, and you've only got one arm on the bonnet. And maybe that's I the health know. and safety con, conscious side. I, I, remember, I don't know. I remember the good old days.
1: <laughs> and we had some older, aged cars back in the day when you know I was a kid. I think it was just springs. I think there yeah, were yeah. some of the big old American stuff was all springs. <laughs> yeah, just, the I, big coils on the hinge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. the big coil springs.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, which wouldn't fail, but again, it's down to cost of yeah. production, isn't it? Yeah, so, well, and, I'm a, a wrangler. You just throw it all the way back to the screen. Anyway, well, that's it. Uh, there was another thing. Messy, messy boot. Yeah, yeah, the boot was a mess. Uh, yeah. yeah, full of full of rubbish and and um, and they got luggage called out on the inspection. Because they were unable to check the spare wheel. <sighs> okay. Yeah. Wow. Can't check the spare wheel because the boot's full of stuff. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Time. <Tight. laughs> <the>, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they, they, I mean, I, I don't know if... It, Which testing center did you go yeah, to? It, I am not going to that he one. He must have gone in with the attitude or something. I don't the, know. The, yeah, they said, well, okay, we're going to sort this guy you, out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it, was, it wasn't. I mean... It's had a bit of an oil leak and it's got other things as well that it failed on. But to fail it for the bonnet struts and the um, boot being a mess, you, I, I mean, what? I would have, I would have been fuming if it was just yeah. the boot. you would be like, well, I would have come in there and. Yeah, taken it out and showed you the spare and put it back together. It wouldn't have been a problem. I would have done that I, for you. I thought it was nice that they were catching the oil leaks, but
1: I've had I've had fluid leaks on vehicles as well, and I'm always worried about that. You know, I'm underneath scraping and yeah. polishing a little bit just to clean, as if they don't notice. Yeah,
0: but, you know, an oil leak like, oh man. It's... Yeah, oil leaks has always been. Always been one for them
1: to fail it on. I mean, we. I get. To, is there? A, I wonder what the threshold is for the leak. If it look, if they
0: physically physically see it I dripping. I think the threshold is if the the. You know, the person doing the test sees any kind of oil patch. They okay. will fail it. Yeah, yeah. So that, I've been lucky because I'm thing, sure yeah. that I've had some yeah. oil leaks and other things. Yeah. Wow. We've had a. We've had an Audi fail before, for. A rear suspension damper leaking and it wasn't really leaking it was just just very very slightly weeping Uh, and DJ obviously was at Audi until just recently and they were told we just spoke about warranties they were told not to replace them in that condition under warranty it's just a normal condition of the uh, the damper working but then here it's failed its test so then what do you do yeah you know, do you do the right thing and change it or do you do what the manufacturer said is it's fine, leave it. So in that case, then you just got to clean it. Yeah. But when you start cleaning it off instead of actually fixing it, it feels a little bit like you're trying to cheat the system. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So th- there's always going to be that disparity. Well, I think I'm going back to my
1: old practice and I don't know why I stopped the practice. But the week before I'm taking my vehicle in for an inspection,
0: I'm bringing it into the garage to have the garage do the inspection we take a lot of cars to test for people and there's always it's always a difficult one as to know whether to check the vehicle first or take it for test first because of the disparity so what we might find on a check we might say okay James you've got a b c d these are wrong we'd probably recommend doing them e f g don't worry about it it's fine if you don't do a b c d it's probably going to fail the test then oh, okay, no problem, and then we take it for the test and it passes, and then you're like, what were these guys on about? (laughs) Or we check it and say, yeah, it's fine, there's a little bit of this and that, but it's okay for a test, and then you take it and it fails. Again, we don't look good at all. No. So we take a lot of vehicles for tests, and and on the newer stuff, we'll tend to just check them first. Right. But on the older stuff, we'll take it for test first because what that does is then that if it Ah, fails, it gives us a list to concentrate on because sometimes you can just get lost in the sort of, well... And again, me and DJ look at things through the eyes of an MOT test, which is a lot stricter and a lot more structured. And An MOT test has to take a minimum of 45 minutes. Wow! has to take a minimum of 45 minutes. That picture I sent you yesterday, tested in lane number six or whatever, start time was 7.54 and end time was 7.59. Yeah. <laughs> Five-minute test, and they <laughs> failed it on four things at like that. Yeah, that, they must have ticked someone off so I've, I've never most of that. the tests take less than 10 minutes on the test sheet yeah but if it works it works got no problem with it but you know what you end up getting is you get a, again use, use the word again disparity between what you would think and then what yeah. the RTAs inspectors think and also the RTA change their standards quite often because they, they, oh. they're ever never they're evolving it, every, every time I go in for an inspection there's, there's either something's been tweaked they've dropped something oh. they've added something yeah yeah and it's like, oh, okay, good yeah. to know. Yeah, and they have their, they'll have their, it's a good thing they do it, but they'll have their moments where they'll say, right, we're really getting slack on this now. We need to focus on it. Yeah. So then everyone fails because they haven't got the right fire extinguisher in the car. Yeah. Or everyone will fail because they don't have a warning triangle in the car. Yep. <laughs> Everyone's failing because their boot's are mess. Warning, I got, a gr- I got a great story yesterday.
1: We, we talked about this. I mean, this is an ongoing discussion, and, and anyone who's listening here is at some point in the next week Going to be in a vehicle, and somebody statistically is going to get a flat tire. I mean, it's it's someone, one person who's listening to this. I'm passing by a car yesterday with a flat tire. Three cars pulled over to help them. Really nice. Somebody has even taken the liberty of getting out a lawn chair. Nice. So that the person whose car has the flat can watch the people changing it. But the flat tire is on the side of the car where the traffic is passing. Oh. I know, and I'm, I'm looking at it, because I'm trying to, I mean, I'm coming up, it's a big, long straightaway, so I'm coming up at it from a distance, and I see this pull over, and I see that, and I'm going, what is going on here? So I'm, I'm like slowed right down, because I'm now getting nervous, because I see people walking, but it was a lawn chair that caught my attention, and I'm, <laughs> and I'm looking at the placement. There's even a bottle of water beside it, and I know they're trying to be nice. But I'm going. This is the danger zone. It's like, danger, yeah. And and this yeah. particular piece of road, you always get people who are on their phones. It's two lanes, both going in the same direction. People are swerving. There was even a car accident there a year ago, and this is this flat happened almost where this car accident was because you can see still see the tire skid on the retaining wall. And I'm going, nice idea, but crazy. Don't do it. Don't do mm, it.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. No, I don't I don't we've mentioned it last week, even with overheating. Just you know, it is not worth even trying. There's nothing you can do at the side of the road. Forget what anyone says, forget what even what it says on any kind of YouTube video. Do not try and do any repairs on your vehicle at the side of the road. There's nothing you can do. Yeah. There's (laughs) absolutely nothing. Not safely. (laughs) No. And you risk either being injured, making things worse. Or both. Yeah. I and just, and it's you're just gonna get dirty. Of, you're yeah, going to get covered yeah. in also oil. you're going to get ditched. Yeah, and not worth
1: it. And then you're going to get back in your vehicle, and then you're going to get oil and grease on the seat, and then you're going to have to take... I mean, you're, the, the, it's exponentially increasing the costs and the frustration. As I talk with Colin, Colin Thomas, we will fix it, Dubai, the misery meter. At what <laughs> point do you call in the people who are actually going to be able to do the work? Yeah. And at what point are you willing to take the misery of imperfection? So. Yeah, yeah.
0: What you need to do, is you need to call the guys that you normally use, send them a location, send them a photo of the car, get away from it as soon as possible and let them pick it up. Yeah. And then as soon as you know they're there to pick it up, you can wave goodbye from your safe point and either go, if you can't go with the driver that's picked the car up, which most of the time our drivers will take you where you're going, but if you can't go with them, get yourself a Kareem or an Uber or Lyft or Ride or whatever app you're using at the minute and just go home or to work, or wherever you were going, just go about your business, and it'll get fixed for you at the garage, because it's just not a safe thing, to, changing a wheel is not safe, you've got, <laughs> oh, no, you get the other problem, <laughs> and and you get the cowboys
1: at the garage, wherever you're getting your tire work done, who've got the impact wrench, oh yeah, and they've I, put it on, you know, this thing could be you've had that problem, have not you? I have this thing yeah. could be used on, on you know on an E380 that's landing at DXB. They're tightening up these lugs so bad. I, I, I had the problem that I strip I, I broke the lug. That's right. Trying to get it out. So I, I had one that. I had one that I broke the lug. I had one where whoever put it in realized they made a mistake and they'd cross threaded <sighs> it somehow. But they just they they just put the impact wrench on to infinity and <laughs> until it was in. And then I go to take it yeah. out. And you know, it was, it was like a mess. There were, there were two of them. Yeah. I broke two lugs, three were still in place. And that's when at that moment, and we were I remember us talking about that. At that moment, I'm going, okay, I've got two lugs out, but I've got three in. I could still drive this to the garage. <laughs> and and actually for a fraction of a second, I did think, if I drive slow, I can do this. <laughs> and then I went, no, no. As as much as I could probably do it, and and someone could do it. Oh. No, I called the recovery vehicle because yeah, I said... It's
0: not worth the risk, is it? Yeah. And it's
1: no. not always you that's at risk. Yeah, exactly. I, I have, years ago, this is probably 2002, we're on the L.A.N. road, going to Lane. and we're about a quarter of the way, and, and it's really built up along that road now at this point. But there's a really nice kind of gully, and it's and there's a you know an over ramp and an off ramp there, and it's it's grassy. And I remember it like like it's today that we're going down the, this little hill, and somebody's tire passes us <laughs> on the rim, and it, and it was just shocking because I'm going, what what's going on here? It's going faster than we are. We're doing at least hundred kilometers an hour, and this wheel has fallen off the vehicle. I couldn't see the vehicle, so I don't even know where it was. I mean, obviously, it must have been further back, and they'd pulled over. But I'm thinking, well, that could happen if you've only got three three lug nuts in yeah, yeah. it, and who knows what the condition they're in. Oh, man. So, yeah. you know, that's the other side is just even sometimes changing the tire, you, you can't get them off. You don't, no. you know, you need a piece of pipe to put onto your wrench,
0: that that comes with the vehicle so you can get more leverage but you could very easily put yourself in a situation where it then becomes more difficult to recover it as well yeah and it's just not worth it, but it get there's, safe. there's
1: another side to this imagine you've somehow you're you're trying to get it going you're on an uneven surface you've got your your jack in place and you're shaking the vehicle so much that you shake the jack
0: loose yeah that's the other <laughs> thing i was going to say is the spare wheel <laughs> jacks are okay but you know they're they're kind of okay in best case scenario. Yeah. They're, they're not okay when you're swinging on the bar and the <laughs> scaffolding pole that you've nicked off the building site next to you where you broke down that's trying to open the, the wheel nuts or the wheel bolts. It's just not a good idea. Yeah. I, I wouldn't get involved at the side of the
1: road. No, And and I think, you know, if if you're going and getting your tire work done and, and you hang out and you're looking and if they're not using a torque wrench to get a sense of of how tight they actually are tightening those things... I think you got to walk away from that place. I mean, I'd, you know, finish the job, but then go to somewhere where they can torque it to the correct tension because over, over-tightening over is not good either. No, no. But people do it. They just don't yeah. care. Yeah. Oh, no, the impact wrench has got to torque. It's built-in torque. Uh, no, it hasn't. At least. <laughs> That's what they're going to no, tell you. No, it hasn't.
0: <laughs> no, it hasn't. no, I, I do not I don't know that. There's ever a good time unless you have got a Formula One pit crew that you need to just use pneumatic tools to put your wheels on. Yeah, it's not. It's not love good. doing it. I think they just love the sound. I don't even know that it saves you that much time. Mm. It doesn't really save you that much time. You, know, you put you, you okay. You put them on on the lowest setting on the gun so you know it's going to be fine. Put them all on, wash them on, and then just get the car down and do. You use the torque wrench, but we we'll go out there. Me and DJ will go walk around the shop and we'll say to the guys. You know, we'll see them like pushing a car out or. Just driving it out after servicing it and we'll just say what was the torque setting for the wheels yeah. and if they can't give us an answer straight away back in yeah look it up talk them up you know? Yeah. know and a lot of them you get to remember there's not they're a massive yeah, yeah, range yeah. so you can get to remember them, what they are but otherwise look it up talk them up and yeah. we just do it from time to time because we've been there yeah we've been the ones to have the problem of removing it and it's not good no no it's, it's just not
1: good because you when you get a flat tire and if you are changing it it's never at a good time oh, no and then when
0: particularly in the case of locking wheel bolts going to the locking wheel bolts, the, the sort of most modern ones where they have the really shallow design i get why they do it but when they've been over tightened the key won't take the loosening so yeah. then the key breaks you've got to then either weld something to that to get it out which then nine times out of ten damages the wheel rim oh, nice. which if it's got locking wheel bolts on is a fancy wheel rim yeah or you completely waste three hours <laughs> trying to find the right key from somebody to borrow yeah. you to lend you, and then you borrow it off them, and then it breaks, and then oh no, now I owe them a key, and yeah, nightmare. Yeah. So it's just sure. we we yeah we we don't like having to deal with the problems of it, and we wouldn't certainly want to be the ones causing it. So always use the torque wrench to torque them back up, and that's the thing when you've put your temporary spare wheel on or your full size spare wheel, wherever it may be. Yeah, you've got yourself Skoda, going. Skoda full size spare wheel. Definitely, that's that's a big check mark for yeah. me. Well, when you've got going and you're up and away again, you need to then go and make sure they're tight enough. You need to go and get them checked. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: What's you know one of the things we haven't talked about recently is is what's going on in the shop. What have you got in the shop that's grabbing your attention these days? <sighs> we we are literally, by the way, Glenn Power joining me. We are at Powerworks Garage. That's where we do this podcast from. And Glenn's looking out. He's looking out. Someone's come He's... To think
0: about it. AC season started early we've got a club sport behind you that's having an ac compressor there's a forward edge over there for an evaporator we had another gti in for a compressor this week so that started quite early thinking about it now like that and, and then,
1: so big big issue is is sometimes people aren't running their ac all year round but you do periodically need to turn it on to keep the seals and things lubricated and they do go so this is a great time of the year as it's just starting, you know, yeah. here it's starting to get warm. Other parts of the world, you're you're heading into spring, summer's coming. Do the AC inspections now so that
0: you're not caught out when you're going to need it on the highway somewhere. Yeah, I mean, the VW stuff, they're, they're on a swash plate, so they're technically never off even when oh, okay. you turn them off. But nice. they're down to like sort of 3 to 5% efficiency. It's not like they're doing anything. But, but it's still circulating you still, the oil. So yeah, you're still thing. getting the oil around the system and everything else. So, you know, AC is what AC is. The most the most interesting thing, though, regardless of all that, this week has probably been the you know the eight seater bike that we've been building for the school. <laughs> yeah, what's yeah. So what's going on with that? This is that's cool. Well, the school so Arbor School, which is out in Jebel Ali, they they're very much a sort of sustainable school. You know, they use recycled uniforms and they've got huge uh, uh, biodomes, They call them a bit like the Eden Project mini version of that in in the school grounds and they grow a lot of their own produce that they sell for the cafe and they give the kids for the lunches and stuff. So that's good. But they're now out of not only their sort of conscience on the, on the doing the right thing, but also out of necessity, the grounds were surrounded by lots of sand waste, wasteland sand where people got parked. And it was a, a few hundred meters to the school gate. And that has all been taken up now. A lot of it's been landscaped. Okay. Great, no problem. And then some of it's going to be built on, obviously. It's an upcoming coming area. So then all of a sudden you've got a school that goes right the way from FS1 or kindergarten, whatever you'd call it, all the way through to probably year 11 by next year. And then eventually it's going to go all the way through to 18. So there's thousands of people in the morning trying to get in a car park with like 130 spaces. Uh So there's a two lane road outside the school and one of them's completely blocked. Now they manage it really well. The traffic sort of patrol, whatever you want to call them that that the school have, which is the the security guards and a few of the teachers volunteer. They get it flowing relatively well. We don't park in the car park because I just can't be dealing with the weight. (laughs) I park down the road and walk and it's fine. Uncomfortable in May and June, but you manage. Yeah, yeah. But what the idea is now is that straight on, literally in a straight line for about a kilometre, there's a a mosque, and that mosque has a car park which they've said parents can use. So the idea is drive up to the mosque, park your car, and then there'll be a couple of teachers on this bike, put five or six kids on it, pedal them down the hill to the school, and it'll come back empty. Five or yeah. six more. Now, if it, most unfortunately. But most people, it's one kid getting dropped off in one car. Yeah. If not one, it's only two. But if you take five or six on a trip, you can three to five cars yeah, yeah, yeah. reduce from the queue. And if you do that four or five times, all of a sudden you've lost 20, 25 yeah. cars. So that's the idea of it. And you know the, the the plan is that anyone living in the local area, which we will be soon... Can sort of join in on the train and get a bit of a convoy going with kids on <laughs> bikes and scooters when they're supervised by the yeah. by the teachers and the assistants that are going to run it. So, yeah, if it works, it works. So we put it together and it's all there and accounted for and it's tight and everything works. So we just sent it now to the body shop and it's getting painted in the school colours. Okay. And then they'll have it from Monday onwards. I don't think they're going to be able to use it after spring break because it's going to be too hot. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, they'll get a week or... You know, the the end of last next week out of it before spring break, and then it'll be make make all the plans firm and fixed, and a few dry runs ready for the start again after after the summer holiday.
1: Yeah, oh, nice. Ah, oh, that's that's pretty
0: cool. Yeah. That keeps you yeah. busy. Yeah, yeah. You do wonder <laughs> how you get involved in these things sometimes, <laughs> You're like, What am I doing? <laughs> My phone rings, and you miss a call, or you ring somebody back, and I I'm, like, I'm "Sorry, I was busy." Building a bike. Oh, <laughs> yeah, sorry, yeah. Uh, <laughs> really, I don't really know why I was doing that. But, yeah, me and DJ put it together. It was all right. Like I say, it was from um, Dragon Mart. Okay. And saw it there. Obviously, the one in the shop is fully built up. I Had a ride round. Only crashed it twice. There you go. So then the school went and bought one. Met the head teacher there. He was happy with it. So he, he arranged someone to buy one. They dropped it off on Sunday. And then Monday, we started putting it together. Uh, yeah good yeah nice yeah, good, yeah. I, I was looking at a list
1: of things that you know because so, i mean sometimes i think we we just get lazy and you know people are bringing their their vehicles in for you know this that and the other thing oh can you i'm going to bring my vehicle in. can you change the windshield wiper blades and i was like come on <laughs> like, hey, but i'm sure this happens all some the time of those,
0: some of those are Krypton factor i tell you yeah some of those are real difficult though <laughs> well blades. i I mean, and especially when you get the generic ones, and you have to figure out what clip you need.
1: Well, look, mine, mine are the easiest windshield wiper blades to install on the planet. But even when I take them off, you know, it's just the, an oh, a, a hook, and you've got
0: to... But even it's, it's not totally intuitive. No, no, so, so no. You do get it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some of them are terrible. Some of them yeah. are really bad. Like to the point where we've had, you know. So we we sell Bogen wiper blades, and they'll come. Do with, they make them for the uh, the Wrangler? Probably. There'll just be some that fit, and then okay. we have like a universal kit uh, oh, of does, clips to fit in. Back make nice wipers. Yeah, yeah, we've got all sorts in there. But okay. sometimes getting the right clip and understanding which clip you need, because it doesn't look exactly like the one on the car. Right, it's going to fit? And the arm is. So yeah, and then there's always the there's always the time where the customer comes in, <laughs> and they have fit them wrong at some oh. point, and then the arm's been sort of repaired and bashed together, and then yeah. it doesn't really fit a new one at all. Yeah. So that happens from time to time yeah and, uh, and these are things that you know on the surface anyone should be able to fix that we had a car coming once where they wanted the wipers changing okay I'm just change my wipers for me no problem so lift the arm up to take the blade off and the whole arm comes off the windscreen <laughs> off the spindle <laughs> <laughs> and, what, and what had happened is obviously the person whose vehicle it was had thought well and say, yeah, I can change that. It's easy. There's a nut there, thirteen mil. I'm gonna undo that, and they'd undone it, and then they'd been trying to get it off, and it wouldn't come off because the spindles get really tight and they corrode a little yeah. bit. But obviously, in the time of leaving it and whatever, and then we've gone and pulled the arm up, the whole arm come off. They have not even put the nut back on. <laughs> so that's stuck, on I better get the guys to do it. Oh man! So people don't always know, you know. Yeah. There's not always a there's not always a way to know.
1: And and it you know it all goes back to some things. That in the past we would just do, you know, change your air filter. Even that can be pretty hard. By the time you unclip things, and I, I mean, if you ever take your car to get washed and you watch the guys do that, sometimes they struggle getting them in, and yeah. you know that, that that's not easy yeah, anymore. Yeah.
0: No, no. A friend of mine came in, brought me that TV bracket. There, actually, he came in on Monday or Tuesday. What day is it? Thursday. It's Tuesday then. He came in with his Jeep Wrangler, uh, Jeep Grand Cherokee, for a headlight bulb. Okay, so headlight bulb. Everyone's changed headlight bulbs on the driveway. Everyone does it themselves, right? <laughs> no, so no longer. I'm sorry. Bumper off. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> then there's a sign on the back of the headlight that says "Super high voltage. This will kill you. Do not touch." And then there's the bulb, which is 300 dirhams. Yeah. Yeah. No, you got you got to take the
1: bumper off. You got to take the front grille off and not get electrocuted. And not get electrocuted. I I, I I remember Yours even have to have the grill off, don't you? Yeah, 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 I remember maybe so 2008 year model, 2012, one of the headlights went, and I thought I can change this. Because I remember I remember my old my old Volkswagen rabbit. Yeah. It was very three, easy, yeah. It was three screws. Unscrew, 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 pull it off, yeah. unclip, yeah. put it back in. And so I, I'm looking at the Wrangler and I'm thinking, same, same. Till I go and get the light and I'm buying the light and the guy's like, okay, well, you're gonna have to do this and you know, are you okay with the grill? And I'm going, what? And I'm going, I, no, I'm absolutely not okay with it. And, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not barbecuing. I'm just <laughs> changing the bulb. And you know, and so he get you know, obviously the guy comes out and I so I go and take a look at the grill. Well, it's not a standard screwdriver. So I'm going, oh man, yeah, I don't have that. And B, then I'm looking at a little bit closer and I'm looking at the plastic clips. Yeah. And I'm going, what's the chance of breaking one of those? High. Yeah, and yeah. I'm, and so I'm looking at him. So you got the screwdriver? And do you have replacement clips? Yes and yes. How long is it gonna take? About a half an hour. And I'm going Let's do both light bulbs as well then. But it's it's no longer a driveway job for no, most people. No,
0: that's the problem with it And like I say, yeah. you bumper off a warning sticker telling you that you're going to get electrocuted <laughs> and then the bulb is 300 <laughs> dirhams because it's a gas discharge. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's never night. Nice. We, we're always giving people, this, this, we are constantly giving people bad news. I mean, that's got to be all the time you, you, but that's one of the worst counseling. that's I mean, one of the worst you got is. an on-call counselor because
1: yeah. that's got to be the worst thing you are calling someone up and they think it's only a little
0: thing and you call them the up and it's
1: going to be three thousand dirhams worth of repairs and yeah. sorry
0: to have to tell you this yeah that's one of the worst the absolute worst is yeah your bulbs 300 dirhams and they think what <laughs> you're taking the mick? yeah but okay. well, <laughs> what can i do it's not a, it's not a halogen bulb anymore it not it, it you know, yeah. and it, and it's they're becoming more and more rare those things you know people are wanting and 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 standards particularly in Europe north america lighting standards are crazy i was but send. did i send you the video from the uk house of lords debate that time no so i don't know how i ended up down this rabbit hole but i think it was something to do with That's right. So there was a there was a member of the House of Lords in the UK. So if you don't know what that means, I don't want to waste your time explaining it to anybody that's see, listening. See, but it's, basically, it's one of the parts of government. That, that makes laws. That kind of, you know, they have a few chances to stop the main house that they voted in, but these people aren't voted in. They're, they're, yeah, they're, they're peers, appointed. basically. Yeah. So anyway, they're having a debate about lights on cars and how they're too bright nowadays. Yeah. And I, for five or six seconds, and sat there thinking, "This is about time." <laughs> <laughs> and then realised these people having this conversation. Some of them are in the seventies, and I'm agreeing with some old people about this. And I'm like in my thirties. What's going on? But it's about time. Yeah. If you take the Matrix headlights on the audits the VW stuff, they're amazing. Some of the Mercedes are the same. And if you 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 if you go into YouTube and just search Matrix headlights operation you get a video of them driving at night and it always works better on misty nights because you can see the beam. These lights using the sensors on the car and the, and the cameras on the car, they will detect oncoming traffic and pedestrians and they will light the area around them or not directly on them. So oh, pedestrian traffic, bikes... Animals even don't get dazzled by the lights, and you can see the beam constantly shifting around a car. So, there's a car coming the other way, and you see the beam shift so that that car has never got your light directly pointed at it. That's nice. Now, you'll see, you'll see the lights on the car if you're the other car coming the other way, but it's not pointing at you. Yeah. And I, I've always, it's always been something that I've known about because I remember, you know, the weekends we go to my grandparents' house. And by the time the winter rolled around and it's going dark at 4.35 in the UK, you got know, my granddad saying, I need to get me <laughs> home quick because I can't see at night because the yeah. lights dazzle me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And this is like the night. So obviously there's none of this tech on lights. It was either on or off. Yeah. And then you got some y- Yahoo who's got the high beams on. But now, even the... <laughs> yeah, well, now, <laughs> even the daytime running lights that are like lasers... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That You can't turn <laughs> them off. Oh. <No. laughs> and they,
1: they're so bright. They annoy me, some of these daytime driving lights, because when people signal then you've only got half the light work and and i and i get why they do it and it's kind of cool but i also find it I, for whatever reason it annoys me yeah, i don't like it either and i don't know what it is it, yeah just all wanna, stuff
0: they dim i just want some a, of them go completely
1: yeah, off the jeep dim i just want a standard signal light yeah and that i mean that if if you've listened to this show and then listened to our, our radio program years gone by and of course folks right now on talk 100.3 are listening but I've I've always standardized some of these lighting lighting systems on cars and just stick with them. It'll it it'll, it'll never no ever happen. No. Well, <laughs> my biggest problem with
0: daytime running lights. There's a couple. I was a technician. I, it's a problem. Although I do like daytime running lights. Just well, it's, not it's too it's bright your that's fault so. anyways? Canadian. Yeah, Canadians. We brought it in. And but as my biggest gripe with them as a technician is that they make the lights hot. Yeah. So you're working on the car with the ignition on because so you're doing testing and the light's getting hot and you're leaning over it and you put something on it and it melts it. That's a genuine issue on some of the bulb, yeah. daytime running lights. But more than that is that a lot of them are only the front. Right. Yeah, yeah, not rear. No, no. You don't and they're to, so yeah. bright now. How many cars I see on the way home at night in the dark don't, with yeah. no lights on because yeah. they're front and the front of the car is illuminated. Yeah. They, yeah. The lights are great on the roads here yeah. unless you like looking at stars, in which case they're a menace. But the the lighting on the road is great anyway. And then you've got daytime running lights, which are bright white LED lights. So they're lighting the road up. So you yeah. don't know your lights on on. Right. But there's no rear lights on. You can't see that car approaching it. Yeah. And yeah, I get you. that is a problem for me. Yeah. But also, if you've got a vehicle that's got automatic lights, just leave it on auto, please. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> What are you doing? Why have you turned that off? Leave it on auto. In fact, I tell you, if you've got a car that's got automatic lights and you can even leave your interior light on, it'll turn itself off when you yeah. lock your car. Like, yeah. don't worry about it. Just yeah. just leave it on auto and then the yeah. lights will take care of themselves. Yeah. With so many people turning yeah. it off. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man.
1: Hey, this has been a lot of fun, Glenn. As always, Glenn Power, PowerWorks Garage. That is where we are recording this at this moment. You want to get in touch with us, potaholics with a K at gmail.com. If you're at talk 100.3, fire through on their WhatsApp or email us. We'll get, we'll get your questions, queries, comments, observations on the show. And wherever you're listening to us, we appreciate it. Thank you very much. Share the links and we'll talk to you again real soon. Glenn, see you again. Thank you.